Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. All right, a critical juncture in the show because you all know where we're at right now. And as I've told you, Bart is not here today. It's just me flying solo, Han Solo. And what we normally do right now is something that we thought was just kind of goofy. But then what we've learned over the year, over the, the couple of years we've been doing the show together is that when we don't make this, this moment of the show special, a lot of you are like, what happened? Where is it? I need it. So Bart's not here, but we still, of course, have his voice. But I'm going to give you an opportunity to fill in for Bart as well. 800-919-3776. So at first, you know what this is. It's our number three. It's Bart and Han. When it's our number three of Bart and Han, what's that mean? That means it's the power hour, 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 hour. So that's how you bring it. Now, I want to see if you could bring it like that. And if you do, I'll hit the gong. If you don't, you get the gas face. So you got to bring it. So we got some callers lined up. Bart will love this. Hopefully he's listening if he has a chance to listen on his way back. But this is basically your opportunity, your chance. I'm calling you in from the sidelines to fill in for Bart Scott. Can you bring it? So I'm going to bring you in. I'm going to I'm going to say like I always say, you have to answer it and if it's good, you get the gong. So let's go Frank in Cliffside Park. Frank, when it's our number 3. What's that mean? It's the power hour 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 hour. All right. Don't hurt yourself, Frank. Frank needs a lozenge right now. All right. Next up Blair in Rockland. Blair, when it's our number three, what's that mean? New York City! Don't you dare be Sarah! Clap for Brighton Hans! I love it, Blair. Brought it. All right. Next up, Luke and Nutley. When it's our number three, what's that mean? That means it is the power hour, hour, hour. How are we feeling about that one, guys? Give him the gas face. There's no gong there. You know what I mean? Like, Luke, no offense, but the first two guys strained their voices. First two guys brought it. Pete and Merrick, when it's our number three, what's that mean? That means it's the power, hour, hour, hour. All right, I'll get you it. fired up. I like it. I like it. <laughs> you see how hard it is? It's not that easy. You guys think it's easy. It's not. It's not that easy. All right. All right, that's enough of that. That's enough of that. We got, we're back to regular calls, 800-919-3776. Yes, hour number three. It is the power hour. You are just literally 53 minutes away 
from the K Show, Michael K and company. So they're coming up. You want to stay tuned, certainly, for that. But while I have you right now, we're playing some top five lists. We're doing, we're doing lists. We like to do this stuff, have some fun with it. And the first thing we did today involved Jalen Brunson and the story of Jalen Brunson and really just how good he's been for the Knicks. And over 20 games now, 20-game stretch, which is a quarter of the NBA season, he is averaging 30 points a game. He's shooting 50% from the field. The last Nick player to average 30 a game shooting over 50% from the field was Patrick Ewing back in 1990. Think about that. That's a long time ago. And he's a big man. So Brunson as a guard, I imagine, I didn't look it up, but I'm going to take, I'm just going to go out on a limb. The last Nick guard to go 20 games, averaging 30, shooting over 50%, was probably never. I can't imagine there's been any player who has done that. That's how good he's been. He's also over 40% from three, actually almost 44% from three, 83% from the free throw line. He's been really good. Now, the Knicks play tonight. They go into the All-Star break after tonight's game. They play Trey Young and the Hawks in Atlanta. You get coverage begins at 7 p.m. right here on 98.7 ESPN. And how he's not going to be an All-Star, Brunson. He will not be an All-Star. It's not going to happen. Jalen Brown did fracture his face on an inadvertent elbow from his own teammate, Jason Tatum. Brown was named to the All-Star team as a reserve. And he he has missed these games. He didn't play last night either. But he is hoping to be cleared so he can play in the game on Sunday. The only way Brunson had a shot at getting in was if Brown perhaps was would not be cleared and then does not play, and then the league decides that they will invite Jalen Brunson. But there's a part of me that's like, I'd rather him don't get invited. As much as he deserves it, I'd rather him keep that chip on his shoulder. Because on the other side of this, there's 22 games to go down the stretch for the Knicks to make the playoffs. Brunson's had a, ph- a phenomenal season. He's been really good. And it got, like, I was reading the post, and my good friend Peter Boddy did a top did a list of the top free agent signings by New York teams in the last 25 years. So this is an extensive list, a really interesting one. Some of the names on it, you're like, oh, that's right. Remember this guy? So we put together the top five out of this group. And the top five that we have, I'll go five to one. Plexico Burris, say what you want about him, shooting himself in the leg and all that stuff. Plexico Burris did, did catch the touchdown after the catch, after the helmet catch. He did catch the touchdown. That does matter. So that signing was a great signing. And that's number five. Six, that was six years. It was um, $25 million. At the time, that's a pretty big number. But still, he makes a he, he won a championship. He won a championship on a play that he made. That matters. So you put Plax at five. Artemi Panarin is at four. Why? Because he's been nothing but money since they signed him. No pun intended. They gave him $81 million over seven years. And he went to the Rangers, and he has produced and produced and produced even more. And that's important. And they got to a, a conference final last year. He's a big part of this offense. He's a star. And so that's a really good signing by them. And it was a bit of a surprise, you remember, at the time, because the Rangers thought they were still kind of in building mode. And some people in the organization felt like signing him would advance the cause too much. But it actually turned out to be a terrific, terrific decision. After that, I mean, we get into the baseball. I mean, you have Hideki Matsui, uh, when they signed him, he ended up only to be the World Series MVP in 2009. So you like that, that that kind of production. Number two, now the Post had him at number one, but I'm going number two. Curtis Martin, back in 98, that's 25 years ago, so we take it to the limit, and they signed him away from the Patriots. 
They give him six years, $36 million, and he just basically rushed him his way into the Hall of Fame as a Jet. They did get to an AFC Championship game with him, but still, he, he Hall of Famer, he's a Hall of Fame human, one of the great Jets of all time, and it was a great signing. You just wish they were able to get to a Super Bowl with a guy like that. But the number one one I have instead of with the Post, the Post had Martin as number one. I put CeCe Sabathia at number one, and I do it only because he is what they had always been looking for. He is, he was everything to this team for a couple of years right after they signed him. First of all, he helped them win a World Series. Let's start there. I mean, like, like you win a championship, you're a main piece, you're a number one starter, that matters. CeCe Sabathia is the best signing a New York team has made in the last 25 years. You can argue with me all you want. But when a guy comes in and A, wins, wins big, is one of the best pitchers in the game for you, and then on top of it, understands the standard of what it was to be a Yankee and be the reason in that clubhouse why that standard was upheld, why as the older players moved on and left, he was continued the lineage with his leadership. You got to also respect the fact that what he was and what he meant to the franchise. And that brings us back to Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson is doing a lot of those things with this organization. He is not just being a great player. He's not just scoring. Stephon Marbury scored 30, 30 points. Stephon Marbury was a great scorer. But there's more to it. It's your impact on winning. It's your impact on other players. How much he has made Julius Randle a better player. How much right now with him, you say to yourself, that Nick team that made the playoffs two years ago and was the four seed, this Knicks team would kick that team's ass. They would. They're a better team. Why? Because of him. Now, you add Josh Hart to this mix, and it's even better. But I'm just saying, when you look at it face value, Jalen Brunson was a bargain, and I know it sounds funny, for $100 million. I mean, $100 million in New York City doesn't go very far <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. But $100 million, the best spent $100 million in New York that I've seen in a long time especially when it comes to the Knicks. You know, there aren't many guys that the Knicks have signed that have been immediate impact. You go back to Amari, who had a great first half of the season, and Amari played so well to start that season that Carmelo Anthony watched and said, I want to go there. And he ended up getting the trade that he wanted to come to New York. Now, Amari ended up getting, you know, he, he wore down, hurt himself in the playoffs. We all remember hurting his back against the Celtics. He cut his hand against the Heat. You know, he just, it was always something that would happen to Amari when it mattered the most. They did at least win a playoff series with him and Carmelo and company a couple of years later. But point is, is that Amari, at the time when they signed him, that was a risk. There was a lot of risk to that sign. They didn't get LeBron. They had to get somebody. So they gave him the $100 million and it was criticized. But the first half, he was phenomenal. Now, the Brunson signing wasn't criticized. But there was not great expectations to it. And that leads me, like I mentioned earlier, leads me to something that Kay mentioned, Michael Kay mentioned yesterday that caught my attention, which is when you look at some things, you didn't get Donovan Mitchell, and that's the letdown. When you sign Jalen Brunson, you're like, all right, he's not a star. You know, we don't really know. He, play, he played well for Dallas. Yeah, but like he's 6-1. Is he going to be the – like you weren't – excited about it. It wasn't something that had people fired up. It only was until the games began, and many of you watched going, I didn't know he was that good. There's a lot of people saying that. I didn't know he was that good, but he's good. He's nice. 
He's got Hakeem Olajuwon footwork for a guard. Like watch his, just watch his footwork as a point guard. He gets into the paint. He's got you off balance, all defenders, and he's six one. You would think tall, long, rangy defenders would really give him trouble. He's got guys off balance all the time. He has improved his three-point shot to a point where he is an effect. I mean, a 40% three-point shooter is a very effective three-point shooter in today's NBA. So he has developed into something that you're like, this team looks a lot better with a really capable point guard. So let's now bring it to the Jets. The Jets should have been a better team if they just had decent point guard play. That's what Woody Johnson said. The owner of the team acknowledged it. If we just had a quarterback how much better this team would be. So we're all right now pie in the sky about Aaron Rodgers. We all want the top shelf liquor. That's what we want. Classe Azul, please. Like that's what we want because it's the best. But in reality, if you don't get that, if Aaron Rodgers decides he comes out of you know hermitage or whatever he's doing and decides, I'm going to stay in Green Bay or, you know, I don't really want the pressure of winning anymore, but I don't mind the paycheck. And I kind of like Nashville. It's more my speed. I'm going to go there. Go to the Titans. Or, you know, the Devontae's in Vegas. It's west. It's warmer weather. It's a dome. I'm going to go there. I don't want to put up with the, the, the noise and the pressure and the intensity of New York. Those people bother me. Yeah, you could see Aaron Rodgers is that guy. I mean, he'd make it pretty clear. Like, eh, I'm not about that life. And so he doesn't go to the Jets. The consolation prize is going to be something that is way below, where you're going to go from the excitement of, we got Aaron Rodgers, to, we got Ryan Tannehill. All right, we got Tannehill. And then you want to make you, you talk yourself into why it's good. But don't worry about it. Because just getting Ryan Tannehill, you're still way better than you were last year at quarterback. And it's Ryan Tannehill. It's not like you got an all-pro quarterback, but you got somebody capable. And in the end, isn't that really all the Jets need right now to just take another step, make the playoffs? Like, Rodgers, obviously, you suddenly become that team that everybody says, can they win a Super Bowl? And that's exciting for a fan. You've only been waiting for 50-something years now, right? Like, I get it. Trust me, I understand. But the point I'm trying to make is sometimes we get so caught up in the big star that you think will change everything. Brooklyn Nets fans, pay attention. And then it doesn't pan out for whatever reason. That's a disappointment. But if you just fill what is a clear need at quarterback and do it with, whether it's Derek Carr, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo, or even if it's just Ryan Tannehill, you're still way better at quarterback. And then you could see where you could take it from there. Now let me add this other element to the conversation. And you can call, again, 888-800-919-3776. Forget the eights. Too many eights. So Rogers was on McAfee yesterday. I know a lot of people have, might have heard some of this stuff, but it's not necessarily like what he's saying, but how he's saying it. Because Rogers will go later this week. I believe it's tomorrow, right? He goes into this darkness retreat he's going to do. And on McAfee, he went into this rant about all the sources and the information and the insiders, and he named some names as well. No, I have no problem with Ian Rappaport, Schefter. I think they really get their jobs. When it comes to me, they don't know shit. They really don't. They don't have people in my inner circle who are sources. I can promise you that. And anybody who would talk to them is not in my inner circle. It's that simple. I've had this planned on the books 
for four months for the same time. And when someone like that goes on and says something that's not true, it creates a story that's bullshit. And it just keeps on going and going and going. And then it's like I'm trying to insert myself into this conversation. It's an insufferable arrogance, isn't it? It's just like you listen to him and you're just like, oh, my God, this guy. Right? Like you, that's how you feel. But can, can, I, can we just step back? Let's take an aerial view real quick. Let's all go to, let's all go to like, you know, the, the top of one world look down and realize wouldn't he fit right in? Aren't we all like this? Like this is you telling me that you're going to call out Aaron Rodgers for having this kind of take and and you know shooting back at someone frustration about like oh they don't know anything they're reporting this stuff like you're going to tell me that his clapbacks aren't exactly what everybody in this city does on a regular basis on a daily basis you don't even let somebody go in front of you coming out of a parking lot because no you're not coming in front of me. Like, you understand how this works, right? For us to call out Aaron Rodgers and to say, there's no way he's going to fit in New York. No way. He won't like the media. He won't like the scrutiny. He'll be saying stuff. You'll have to put up with things that he'll say after games all the time. Oh, my God. Have you not been around this city? Are you new here? We're all like this. All of us. That's why I used to laugh when people would get all upset at Kevin Durant to go on Twitter and clap back at people and think, why does he do that? Why does he do that? Because that's how we, we all do it here. Why should he be any different? So why should Aaron Rodgers pretend to be nice to everyone and just be like, you know, keep to himself? Yeah, he is going to keep to himself. He's about to go into a, a darkness retreat. Why do you think? Because he wants to get away from all of us. I don't know. If you could get away from all of us, wouldn't you? All of you sitting in traffic right now trying to get your way home. Think about that. Think about all of you who are about to get in your car. We all know what happens at 3 o'clock. Forget it. You can't get anywhere at 3 o'clock. Nowhere. You're trying to get home? Good luck. See you at 6. So think about that for a minute. Wouldn't you like to get away? Just complete dog. Just give me get away from all this madness right now. All these people. All these horns honking. This guy that won't let me. I'm just trying to change lanes. I'm not trying to change your life. Just let me move. You know how that works. So you're telling me that we have to hold him to a higher standard? Why? Because he's an athlete? Because he makes a lot of money? He's human, isn't he? So I actually think the idea that he wouldn't fit in in New York is ridiculous. He's literally just like all of us. Now, you know who's a, uh, a very interested bystander in this whole thing, an interested observer? It's Tom Brady. So on his Let's Go podcast, here's TB12 on Aaron Rodgers in the future and also the uh, retreat he's about to go on. You know what? I hope he doesn't retire because, like I said, I think the league needs good quarterbacks, and he's one of the greats. So if he retires, it would be a sad day for the league. He's an incredible player, and everyone has their different processes they go through. And you know what? I think we all need to get off our phone a little bit more. I think we all need to get away from the TV a little bit more. I think we all need a little more nature and a little more silence and a little more peace. And whoever he's going about it, good for him. Everyone's got their unique way to process the season, and we've all got to be on. It's very intense for all of us, and it's nice to – everyone gets to choose what they want to do, but certainly from standpoint of him leaving the game the way that he's playing he broke his thumb this year and still played tremendous and you could see as he got healthy throughout the year how incredibly talented he is so you know i hope the good players keep playing that's what hope is that's what i try to do and now you hope that the next generation does that and i hope they have the tools necessary to do that everyone's gonna have to get refreshed everyone's gonna have to figure out how to take a jump to the next level to work their craft a little more to dig a little bit deeper to push their teammates a little bit more and everyone's got different ways to to go about that no so there's tom brady's thoughts on aaron Rodgers. so let me get your thoughts at 800-919-3776 because I, i give you the two options the first one is you don't wait 
and you take what's behind door number two or door number three, which is Derek Carr, who's available now, or Jimmy Garoppolo, who will be available as a free agent. That's door number two and three. Door number one, however, comes with a caveat. Door number one is obviously Aaron Rodgers. But here's the caveat. If you don't get him, if he, if you open the door and he says, he comes out of his darkness retreat and says, I'm not going to New York. I'd rather go to, you know, whether it's Tennessee or whether it's Vegas, right? Or even stay where he's staying. Or retire. I'm not going to New York. And your consolation then has to be Ryan Tannehill. Which, which door are you opening? One, two, or three? 800-919-3776. When it comes to, though, the attitude of Aaron Rodgers, you know, like I said, the, the insufferable arrogance that he brings at times, which is so New York, if, if you're really looking at it, it is so New York. It's who we are. The Jets aren't worried about any of this stuff. Here's Rich Semini, who was on the K-Show yesterday. I don't think it's a factor. I really don't. I think the Jets really want this guy. Um, yes, there is that uh, that aspect to it. He's moved into the diva category. with, And, yeah, he is a diva, and he does things in an odd way. But you know what? I think the Jets' front office and I think Jet fans would be willing, as soon as he throws his first three-touchdown game and goes 20 for 27, I think they'd be willing to put up with, with all that. And suddenly he'd go from diva to eccentric personality yeah exactly like it's always about you like your tolerance is built up to the how how much does it benefit me and winning is really all that matters if you're a Jets fan at this point right I don't care what you do you can say all you want you can complain about us you can complain about things you can tell us how terrible we are as people you can talk about how wonderful you are and all these things that you experience and and the all the things that the the apparitions you saw in your darkness retweet and what it told you to do I I could care less if you're winning me football games for a franchise that hasn't won a Super Bowl in over a half a century, I think you'll put up with it. So again, door number one, with the caveat of you'd have to take what's what's in door number four, or do you take two or three now? This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. I was like reaching out to friends. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk to some people that I haven't had a chance to talk to in a while. And we had Wally Zerbiak on early. And I talk to Wally all the time. But Wally's down in Atlanta. He'll have the Nick game tonight on MSG Networks. And, you know, we want. he always argues with me. It's always fun to, like, fight with Wally. So you saw him go at me about the R.J. Barrett take. I stand by my words. But the other guy I thought of right away was someone that I've been wanting to get on the show for a while. Bart knows him very well, of course. And you know him at SNY as Steve Gelbs. He is right now at Port St. Lucie getting ready for his next season, the Mets season, that everybody is now gathering there for spring training. And he joins us right now. Gelbsy, what's up, man? Alan, what's going on, man? And I assume that you've been wanting to get me on for a while, but Bart was the one that put the kibosh yes. on that, that he said, I got to deal with him. Yeah, I got to deal with him way too much. And so as soon as I'm not here, then go for it. It's actually more of a jealousy thing. Like, you know, other people that have hosted <laughs> Bart, I'm not comfortable with. Like, you know, like, like, like Carlin never comes on the show. Like, it's just not going to happen. Sure. And on conversely, like Bart will never allow Wally to be on the show when he's here, or even like Rick DiPietro, not allowed on when when Bart's here. That's just how we are. We're weird about our our past relationships. And and can, is it all right if I call you his side? You're more side piece, I would think, right? Oh, I'm a hundred percent. Yeah, you're you're his main main squeeze. Main for squeeze. Sure. And it's, listen, I get it. Yeah, I, I get it. I mean, Wayne Randazzo taking the job to go. Be the uh, play, yeah. play guy for the Angels. I feel bad for Keith Rad who's going to be replacing him because you know he's got no shot. I no. may I may ignore him for about a month. But, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just the way it goes. It's just not comfortable. He's got to earn it. He's got to earn it if he wants to get to Randazzo's <laughs> level. Are uh, you going to still uh, are you going to still podcast and stuff with him? I mean, I know you. I will say you kind of stole the idea of the stuff in the car with me and Wally. Well, I'm going to let that go, but. You guys, it's still a fantastic thing. Do you are you guys still going to try to connect that way? No, you know we actually did briefly bring that up about a week ago, but but our podcast and Rain Delay Theater kind of it died on the vine over the last couple of years Sad. after the pandemic. I think you know as you know, you and Wally, it's a great idea for a little while, and then it's like, wait a second, we just did a whole broadcast, and now we got to talk more. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like it got to the point where we're like, hey. It's a rain delay. Let's let's grab some ice cream instead of doing this. <laughs> instead yeah. of talking to people about stuff that yeah. we'll be talking about <laughs> on the air in like ten minutes. I get it. Wally exactly. would always just blame me whenever he'd have a hot take and it would like go viral. He'd blame me. You and your stupid social media dragging me on your Instagram. I'm like, I didn't make you say that. But anyways, um so you're down in Port St. Lonesome and you're getting ready for yeah. the season. Um I'll tell you what, I, I when I when I'm power ranking like the teams that have a chance to win the next champ, it's been eleven years. It's been eleven years, like like from uh, Titanic, right? It's been so long. Like after the Super Bowl ended, like that, that continues the run now because it was February of 2012. So eleven years yep, since it. the Giants won that Super Bowl. Um, I have the Mets as the team that has the best chance, and it could even be this season. I just think they've got. Everything that you need and an owner that's willing to spend, so whatever they're missing, trade deadline comes, there probably won't be much much hesitation at all about getting what is needed. Third base, biggest concern for you, what would be the thing that you say, this is what's going to keep them from being that team that ends the drought? Yeah, I don't don't know that it's third base, to be honest with you. I think bigger concern for me is just, and I know this is, every team can say this, but it's the injuries. You know, I mean, this team, if you've got... Verlander and Scherzer 
healthy and performing at the end, you've got as good a shot as anybody. I mean, it was the same last year. Um, but, but you know, the, the injuries, when I look back on last year, I know everybody likes to point to the power. And I do think that they could use another power bat, maybe a little more stability at DH, maybe at some point this season, whether it's a Beatty or an Alvarez, um, it comes from within. But, you know, this is a team that won 101 games last year. And they were pretty darn good at scoring runs. For me, what happened was, A, Starlin Marte got hurt. And if you look at the way this offense functioned, he was really in the middle of everything. Um, and so when he went out, there was a significant missing chunk that I don't think they ever fully recovered from. And then B, it was the starting pitching holding up. And, and everybody was healthy at the end of the season, at least as far as we know. But that starting pitching, Scherzer, DeGrom, Bassett, which had been so tremendous for this team, it faltered in the, the two biggest spots. True. So oh, yeah. I think when you look at this team this season, right, and, and what they need to do to to get over that hump, I think you need the right players healthy at the right time, and you need that pitching to hold up. Because, I, I you know, I know, listen, the the, um, the whole stuff with, with Correa would have been amazing mm-hmm. and was just beyond anything that, that anybody's ever seen before in terms of an owner's willingness to spend. But – it's very difficult to improve significantly on a 101-win team. It just is. You know, so if I'm the Mets, I know they returned a very similar team than they had a year ago. That's okay. You won 101 games. Um, go run that back, get yourself into the, the, the tournament, and give it another go. I mean, that's, that's really the way I look at it. But, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, listen, there is no way that any team could be more all-in to try and win it than this Mets team is. And you've got an owner that if there were any lingering doubts proved that this off season. And so when you talk about ending that, that championship drought in New York, um, hard to argue anybody else is better positioned than the Mets are right now. Yeah. And obviously they play in the, you know, I mean, the, the division itself is just a challenge. It's a gauntlet they'll be going through, but I mean, that's what you expect. I mean, that's, you know, you, you, the easy road for some teams might work, but it can also build up this kind of false sense of that's a really good team until you look at, well, who are you really playing? This division is going to be tough, but that, you know, the, the, this is what you're going to be tested anyway throughout a season. But how about the age of your of your number one and number two? Now, you mentioned DeGrom. By the way, I don't know if you saw, he's already got some soreness in his I side. Like, yeah, <laughs> was that not the most, like when you saw that report, did you just go, oh, that's a shame. <laughs> like well, Straight all, Seinfeld. There, there was a... You know what it was? There was a. It, we were all in the press conference. I think we were waiting for Buck Walters. So we were all in the press conference room. And <laughs> somebody saw the tweet. And you just kind of saw everybody in the room like turning their phone, saying, oh, "Well, we've seen we've seen this before." You <laughs> yeah. know, the kind of an abundance of caution thing. So, yeah, but what uh, about listen, you know? I, 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 well, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say, well, what about then? Just think about this: the Verlander is going to turn forty in a couple of days, right? Uh, yeah. uh, Scherzer will be thirty nine in the middle of the season. So you got that. Your number one and number two are, are guys that are obviously uh, on the back end, and that's an age where you start worrying about breaking down and how much is left and all that stuff. Is is that what? What about the concern of just the age of your most, your two most important pitchers? It's a huge concern. It definitely is. At some point, Father Time catches up with everybody. The thing that I find interesting, at least especially with Verlander, is you take out the season that he missed for Tommy John and. He's been as durable as they come in the game. I mean, he really – I don't have the exact number in front of me, but I remember when they signed him, I looked it up. And, you know, in terms of making something like 26 or more starts, he's done it as much as anybody over the last 15 years, whatever it was. I, again, I don't have it in front of me, but he's been incredibly durable. And with Scherzer, the really interesting thing to me, and I saw it 
firsthand last year, and he talked a little bit more about it today, is how he's this guy that really believes that you can avoid getting injured. Like when he hurt his oblique the first time last year, he was furious at himself Hmm. for not listening to his body, for trying to push through. He kept blaming himself for getting injured. And so today he said something similar, that he spent a lot of the offseason trying to figure out why the oblique went out a second time. He said the first time he knew why, the second time he, he didn't know why. And so he's trying to figure it out. Can he figure it out? I have no idea. Can he find a way to, to evade and, and work around all of the inevitable little nicks that, that happen to regular baseball players, let alone guys that are, that are that far into their career? I don't know. But I will say that I've never seen anybody as intense about anything as Max Scherzer is about everything. And I think both he and Verlander have really um, bought into all of this stuff that is now at their fingertips, whether it's on the baseball side from the analytics perspective or on the health side with sports science. And so, um, you know, he talked today about how his goal is still 26-plus starts. He'd love to get 33, 34 starts and and, uh, 200 innings. Uh, I don't know if he's going to do it. We're going to have to see it play out. But I think he – I think he knows his body well enough to not push it into areas where it's it's too dangerous. I mean, I tell you what, that, that is a it's a fascinating breakdown of Scherzer and the things that he thinks and talks about and all that stuff, and it really you know, gives you a look into the type of athlete that he is. But yeah, you know, he might have to accept this. I mean, I get off the couch and it sounds like popcorn popping in my knees, and sometimes it's just old age. I, I don't have to figure out why is it doing that. <laughs> I know why. I'm old. It's just wear and tear. It happens, but. Still, for him, I love that, though. That's a great perspective on that side of things. Steve Gelb's joining us right now from SNY down at Port St. Lucie as the Mets all now gathering, getting ready for a season that maybe, maybe could end in a championship. But I, I'd be remiss if I don't get a Jets question in here with you, a little conversation about the Jets. Obviously, you you do those games, the pre and post with Bard and, and Willie Colon and company uh, on SNY, so you're closely related to that team as well. I said something, and I want to, I'm going to offer you this. I'm going to offer you four, three doors. Door number two okay. and three. Door number two has Derek Carr. Guaranteed. Derek Carr. Door number mm-hmm. three, the prize is Jimmy Garoppolo. Door number one is obviously Aaron Rodgers, but door number one opens with Rodgers deciding whether or not he wants to go to you. And if he says no, door number four opens, and it's Ryan Tannehill. Which door are you opening? And you can't open, like, you a, can't say if I open this and I'm yep, open that I one. I get it. Uh, you pick is, one door and we're done. Did you come up with this? I just did, yeah. Did you come up with this? Is that all that right? That is fascinating. Well, because yeah, re- in reality, right? if, if because in reality, if Rodgers goes to, to Tennessee, Tannehill's got to go somewhere, right? Like, he's out. Yeah, yeah. If okay, Rodgers so, goes so to the Raiders, what like, so what do you got? Which door? I here, Here's my take, okay? Uh, I would go with number one, and if he doesn't want to come, I go number four. And the reason I say that is when I looked at this team a year ago, I mean, call me naive, but I don't even think they needed average quarterback play. I think they needed slightly below average quarterback play, <laughs> and they would have been a playoff team. <laughs> Truly. Um, that's, that, when I look at this group, and I look at who's returning next year when you talk about hopefully Brees Hall getting back to full strength at some point early midseason, Elijah Vera Tucker, um, this, is, <clears throat> this is a team – that just needs a quarterback to – we hear about game managers all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all they need. I mean, listen, I, t- t- if I'm just being totally honest with you, I'm fine 
rolling Mike White out there as well. I, I think Mike White. The only problem with Mike White is his durability. I think so he's going to get hurt a lot. Go yeah. Into next season. Yeah, right. that's that's the thing. So you can't go in with him as the sole answer. Um, but to to that point, I'm okay. I, would it would it thrill me? Would I be you know, if I'm a Jets fan running through the, the parking lot screaming if Ryan Tannehill was the quarterback next year? No, of mm-hmm. course. The the dream is to get a guy like Aaron Rodgers in, and I think with Aaron Rodgers, this team could be a, a deep threat in the postseason to go all the way to a Super Bowl. Uh, so I take my shot there, but if it's not, listen, if it's not Aaron Rodgers, you give me Derek Carr, you give me, um, you give me Jimmy Garoppolo, you give me Ryan Tannehill, I don't think that there's that much of a difference. I think all guys are average, above average quarterbacks in the NFL, and I think it's all that this Jets team is going to need. So why not take your shot? Again, I'm hearing this for the first time, but why not take your shot Mm -hmm. at the big prize? And if not, you settle for somebody who should be good enough. See, that's the right answer. Because whatever whatever the result of door number one is, you're still getting a better quarterback than you had the year before. Gelbsy, we got to leave it right there. I'm glad we were able to do this. Good to catch up with you. Safe travels, my friend. All the best. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. Talk All right. Soon. Steve Gelbs, SNY, down at Port St. Lucie, now with the Mets, as yes, baseball season is closely upon us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. This caught my eye real quick. So uh, there's a report from NJ.com. Jersey Shore boardwalk games were rigged the Attorney General says. Now, Dina, were you there with us at the remember the beach bash from like way way back, the Han and Humpty days? Were you right. there that I night? Remember, I rem- I was not with you, no, but I do remember the one you're talking about. The night before, we went on the boardwalk, and like Rick, I think he wiped out every single prize. They I had. remember the giant stuffed animals. We, we did had have in the offices. Yeah. That's right. We did bring them back. <laughs> we had them bring all this. I remember Rico went, like, he didn't miss. And I don't think it was basketball. I think it was, was it, it was something with balloons or whatever it was. I remember he cleaned up. So well, they had it rigged against righties. And then all of a sudden, here comes it. Rick and yeah, throwing lefty. Lefties do that. Lefties do that. But apparently, so that's what the attorney general is saying, that they were rigged. So if you went to the boardwalk and you were like, what the hell? I can't. Now you know. It was rigged against you. Carnival games are rigged? Shocking, right? Huh? (laughs) Cannot believe that. So the Knicks tonight, you have the coverage at 7 o'clock right here on 98.7 ESPN. Monica McNutt on the call with uh, Pat O'Keefe. And um, the game is the Knicks and the Hawks tonight. 
and it's the last game before the All-Star break. It is unlikely, although Jalen Brunson's played great. It's a good matchup, by the way, because it's Brunson versus Trey Young, two guys who didn't get named to the All-Star game. Now, Trey is averaging 27 a game. Their team's been funny this year, and he's like this weird guy. Like You could see that while he's really good, there's that little part of him that some guys are like, I'm not about this. So there, it's a good team, but not a great team. But for the Knicks, it's an important game. Important that they push the Hawks a little further into the rear view. Important for the Knicks to see if they can hop over Miami, get back into sixth, and move even closer to the Nets in fifth. And then when they get back from the break, next week, next Friday, they start a downhill of 22 games to end the season. And with the opportunity to get that five seed, which would set up a first-round matchup likely, yeah, with Donovan Mitchell and the Cavs, wouldn't that be some high drama? So this is an important game tonight. It's an interesting game. It'll put the Knicks six games over 500 as well. Josh Hart's been a nice addition. Brunson's been great. Randall's an all-star. Jericho Sims is in the slam dunk contest. All this stuff going on. So a fun game tonight. I'll be on MSG pre and post with Bill Pito. But you got the call tonight right here on 98.7 ESPN. K-Show next. We'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.